How's it going, everyone, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. You are listening to the best of the rest tight ends. I am your host today, Mason Austin, joined with your other co-host, Cody Stoffer. And yeah, let's let's get it. Great start. So anyway, um, we're talking about the best of the rest tight ends, and we have developed a rubric for these tight ends that Mason and I both collaborated on, and uh, we'll kind of just bounce it back and forth. The first thing that I put down was route running slash release. And then I put down their blocking, which is their run blocking and pass blocking, as well as some combo blocking. The next category up was... Uh, speed which is pretty straightforward for every position so i'll go ahead and add on that uh hands slash ball skills was the next one and then after that is footwork which is pretty you know straightforward in both the run and the receiving game so we're gonna go ahead and say you know yards after catch and their field vision as well and then we got strength pretty straightforward especially in the blocking game but you'll also see strength kind of come into play with um you know if they can stay up or break tackles and stuff as well. Then you also got their route tree plus kind of their versatility on how they, you know, line up and what they all they do. And then the really fun one, especially for big bodied tight ends in the past couple of years, is verticality slash contested catch. So obviously you have the jump ball situations, but also included in this, the contested catches, that's for those spot routes over the middle. That's for those stick routes where you have linebackers kind of breathing down your neck. Then, you know, the last one we got is the body and like body control and balance. It's kind of how easy is it to take these guys down and how do they use it to kind of adjust to the ball? And the very first tight end on this best of the rest series is Alex Stern, the tight end out of Frederick High School. And just a quick reminder, Frederick, you know, they had a pretty interesting season and a playoff run that did end at the hands of the eventual state champions, but that is not something to scoff at. And they did so behind a an incredible run game and a fairly efficient pass game, both of which Alex here had a hand in. And so just going to dive into this. You know, um, like I said, they, they won a playoff game. They ended the season on a big thrashing of the eventual state runner-ups in Meade. But Alex, on the pathway there, had himself, you know, a pretty solid season, racking up 13 receptions. It's the 228 yards on the 13-yard, or on the 17-and-a-half-yard average, I, I should say. The three comes from the amount of touchdowns that he caught this year with three whole touchdowns, as well as, you know, contributing through that wing T offense that they run. So obviously he's involved in a lot of the blocking schemes and is asked to go next level and do certain things like that. But without further ado, we're going to talk about some of the higher graded things here. And the very first thing that jumps out and Mason and I both agreed on this, that's three star level talent is his hand slash ball skills. A lot of these passes are thrown very behind him. But he does a pretty incredible job at not only adjusting to the ball when it's behind him, but also adjusting to it in the middle of a route, whether it's a go or a drag or, you know, something along those lines. He's pretty good at making sure that he boxes out defenders and he prevents interceptions with his ball skills being as well as they are. Then the very next highest rated thing is his route running slash release. 
you know, he gets off the ball fairly well. And he mostly lines up in a three-point stance as well. So that's something to take into consideration with his release. But his route running, he does a great job of getting flat on his drag routes and staying at a consistent yard line and not really drifting so much, which is a really mature kind of route running that you get to see out of Alex Stern here and something that, you know, was a major part of catching a lot of these passes and preventing a lot of these interceptions because if he did drift on a lot of these routes, the defense was going to end up with the ball. And that that was that. Um, lastly, you know, uh, his verticality slash contested catch, it's mainly his contested catch category that kind of caught our eyes at a 5.6 just because he needs to box people out very often. Uh, the reason that it finds itself under six, though, is you just don't see a lot of jump balls necessarily. So a little bit of inconsistency, along with just a very low volume. 13 receptions is just not a lot, especially as we kind of dive into more and more of these players here. So, you know, consistency is a little bit of a concern here for his verticality, as well as his run after catch slash field vision. A lot of the time when you have to slow down to catch the ball, you just don't get the opportunity to turn up field. He was getting blasted over the middle quite a bit. And yeah, just didn't really get a chance to show off the run after catch. But the field vision and kind of his awareness of the field did present itself in some areas quite well. Mason, what do you have to kind of add on here slash maybe some things that you graded a little bit higher than myself? Yeah, no, I definitely, I graded his route running a little bit higher than you did. I thought it was really, you know, well done. Like you said, if he didn't run his routes as crisp as he did, most of the time they probably would have been picks. Um, I think that definitely... That was one of my favorite things I saw from him. But other than that, I think we were basically on par for all of the rest of our, you know, what we rated there. Um, I do think his route train, his versatility was kind of something that, you know, was a little bit underrated for him. But at the same time, we, you know, we rated it pretty properly. I think that it could have had a little bit higher if he ran a few more routes. It seemed like they like to run a lot of seam routes with this guy, but that being said, do you think it's cool if I just go into some areas of improvement for this guy? Yeah, and I just want to tack on there that the route tree slash versatility with all of these players, you know, that's on the scheme a little bit as well. So we do acknowledge that. And Frederick running a wing tee, I mean, you don't get a lot of exotic looks out of a wing yeah. tee. We kind of know exactly what it is. And so I do want to just clarify that for him. But Mason, there were some... Definitely some concerning areas of improvement here, uh, watching through his film and also looking through his lifting numbers. Yeah, going in as a tight end, you know, to start, I'm going to go and look at just his blocking. That was probably my lowest rated, and I believe it was it was one of your lowest rated as well. For me, he didn't do much blocking. When he did, he kind of just got in the way. There was a couple on his film that, you know, were kind of questionable on the way he did it. He didn't get very low on some of them. He stood kind of straight up and down. Uh, and then other than that, I think his strength, you know, that was something that both of us kind of dinged him on. His strength wasn't up there with some of the other guys on this list, but just let alone just he, I think he needs to hit the weight room just a bit to kind of get, you know, on par and then above it, which I think he's capable of because he has a good frame on him. After that, you know, his footwork was something that, you know, it wasn't, you know, low on our list or anything, but I rated him at a 4.4. 4. 
you know, for his footwork. I think that he kind of falls steps a little bit in the pass game, but and then in the run game, he gets kind of ahead of himself, which ends up putting him out of position. Is there anything you want to add on that, Cody? Yeah, I graded his footwork around the same out of 4.2. I also think that he just ends up crossing his feet a little too much in the run game. And that's part of the reason why he ends up a little off balance. So I put his body slash balance control out of 4.9. He just ends up and looks really top heavy in the blocking game. And my blocking score was also pretty low. I gave it a 2.9 uh, just because, I mean, he does get in the way from time to time. But a lot of his blocks look like he's comboing at the wrong times. He's too up high. His arms can slip outside a little bit in in the film that we watched and yeah i i just have a little bit of concern with his blocking as well as his strength there's not a play almost every other tight end almost every other tight end on this episode will have a pancake block at some point and he does not so what's what's going on there is is the question and what i mean when you this is, hopefully it's inaccurate, but on his huddle, it lists his bench at 195. <clears throat> that's, that's not very good yeah, for a guy who's 6'3". Like, and I believe he's at like close to 200 pounds, I want to say. Um, I could double check that real quick just to be sure, but he's not at the, okay, he's at 190 pounds. Oh, his bench was listed at 140. It's got to be higher than that. I hope it's higher than that, but that is not very good strength. And his strength just did not translate to the gridiron very well and didn't result in a lot of pancakes. He does kind of redeem it a little bit by staying up through some contacts, but just not a lot of wow plays or eye-popping categories here for Alex Stern. So just to kind of run through this here real quick, and our average score... I had a 49, Mason had a 48.5, that lands him at a 48.75, you know, because we only had a half a point of difference here, which, you know, definitely makes him a developmental slash project player on the next level, but one with a lot of receiving upside, and overall, you know, there's there's definitely some things to work with here, and Mason, what do you think of his, do you want to tell the audience his commitment as well as kind of your outlook for him. Yeah, no, definitely. He uh he did commit to South Dakota Mines, which is it's a D two, right, Cody? Yeah. Yeah, so I think this is a good fit for him. Uh you know, he definitely has that high upside in the passing game and I think they'll probably redshirt him his freshman year. Maybe maybe his sophomore year, depends on how he develops over that year, getting into the whole, you know, school and football life on the college level but I think that they're going to work on his pass game a lot kind of put him into that you know role of bulking him up a little bit getting his weight room numbers up get him that development to kind of you know get a better block but at the same time that'll help him in the long run become just a better all-around player but I think this is a great fit for him do you agree with that yeah I honestly think it's a good fit and I think that there's a lot of upside here that you know I, I'm pretty sure he's also a basketball player, so I'd imagine that his verticality can really be up there given the right situation. And I think that, honestly, to fix a lot of these problems, it's just going to be a volume thing because a lot of these grades come from a place of inconsistency. 
He's not really consistent in his footwork. He's not consistent in his strength. He's not consistent in his blocking. But his receiving prowess is high enough to take a flyer on him. And then you just got to trust in your tight ends and receivers coach to get this guy into some great opportunities. He needs to be faster. He runs a pretty slow 40-yard dash. And his speed isn't, you know, like blazing anywhere on his film. So there are some things to do. But South Dakota Mines, they have been known to take, you know, developmental players and eventually turn them into starters. Alex Stern here, you know, I think that he could be a two-year starter potentially at South Dakota Mines, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he got one and just made the most of it and potentially crept near double-digit touchdowns at some point during his collegiate football career. No, I 100% agree. All right. Um, that being said, I guess when we come back, we'll talk about the next player. All righty. Welcome back. And talking about this next guy on our best of the rest tight ends list is Marquez Higgins out of Denver East High School. I'm going to hop straight in it and talk about some of the bright, you know, things that we saw here from him and one of my highest rated things for him was definitely his you know hands and ball skills he definitely you know caught with his hands got up there and made the place he needed to make uh he definitely didn't try and catch with his body much which is something I thought was you know very high rated for him and something I liked a lot another thing that I thought was really good is he is quick he is very fast um he definitely gets downhill and when he is in the open field he doesn't get caught he, you know, he's he has the speed to break away from people, and that also comes from kind of his route running being, you know, that's like the third highest thing I have rated at a seven out of ten, and he he gets it done, you know, he every route run he makes he cuts really sharp and he's in the right position to make a play, you know, looking at everything, I think uh, kind of how they use him over there, which you know it's his versatility, he's kind of a you know, he goes out wide, he steps in a tight end, he plays very well all over the board for them over there at East. And I think that's something that's kind of fun to watch is he he's not just, you know, that stereotypical tight end of being like right in the side, walking downhill, doing all of that. He definitely gets out there and he's willing to catch from, you know, that quarterback over there who's pretty good. Uh, Cody, is there anything you want to add? Yeah, and something that I totally forgot when we were watching his film is, you know, his junior year, he was asked to do a lot more blocking than I remembered. And, you know, that's kind of where the tight end spot came from. On his Twitter, he does list himself as a wide receiver, understandably so, because of how much he was split out this past year. But, I mean, standing at six foot one, he looks like he's six foot two, honestly, on film, or maybe even six if three. not but, taller. Yeah, listed at 6'1 and 190 pounds, that's a great wide receiver frame. But, you know, he shows the capability to run from an H-back, to run routes from a tight end spot, and speed-wise just be an absolute mismatch for most linebackers. Like Mason said, he emphasized his speed. I, too, gave him a very similar score at an 8.5 on his speed. He's incredibly fast, and I believe he runs a 478 for his 40-yard dash. However, his in-game speed is just incredible. He does a great job of getting past the defense, getting past safeties, past cornerbacks, no matter where he's lined up, and making a play on the ball. 
Mason already talked about, you know, his hands and ball skills. Absolutely solid. He makes some great snags, and he even made a one-handed catch on his highlight reel that was uh, a bit of an eye-grabber. You know? And then there's multiple plays where it's just kind of a, a throw-up in the middle, and he comes down with it. So that boded well for his verticality slash contested catch, ranking in at a 7.8. And then, you know, he does a good job of shedding some tackles and staying balanced. You know, a 7.1 in balance slash body control comes from his ability to shed tackles, to not get tripped up by, you know, shoestring tackles, which does happen a couple of times, but not enough to scare me away from giving it this kind of two-star rating here. His route running is... Also good, you know, at a 6.9, this is, you know, one of the higher ones on this episode today, just because he does run a pretty decent plethora of routes, but he's pretty quick off the ball. There are some little things like footwork off the ball that I would want him to work on, but even his footwork isn't necessarily a weakness at a 6.3, but it's not necessarily a strength either, which is where a lot of his categories kind of fall. Don't you think Mason is kind of in that six-ish kind of range and even low sevens. Yeah, no, I definitely got a lot of his categories in that range where it's not it's not a high point, but it's not a low point as well. It's good. Yeah, yeah, that's, I don't know how else to put it, but it's, it's good. It, he does what he needs to do. Yeah, and I think that that's pretty reflected in his overall numbers this year. You know, he racked up 37 receptions for 349 yards and four touchdowns with a long of 50 in this game against Cherokee Trail. Uh, This was one of his better games, honestly, with four catches for 78 yards. And Cherokee Trail is a name that uh, you should maybe keep in your head. Not to mention his one rushing touchdown um, against Overland on that weird reverse, which, like Mason said, was massive in his uh, versatility, which ended with a total rating of 7.3. That being said, there are some areas of improvement. Even if he does end up playing a wide receiver on the next level, which I definitely can see, I would still want him to work on some of these things, like specifically, specifically his strength at a 5.6. He just doesn't shed a lot of tackles, which is pretty wild for a guy who's listed at 6'1", 190 pounds. I kind of want him to drop the hammer a little bit more and really just put his shoulder through some people and assert dominance. As well as, you know, in the blocking game, you know, from his last year film, I was able to bump up his score just a little bit to a 3.6. However, it's still nothing to really write home about. It is at best serviceable, but definitely not a walking highlight here for Marquez Higgins. And then if you look at his senior year film, He doesn't have any film of him blocking at a wide receiver position, which is really interesting because I know that their quarterback was a little bit of a dual threat or at least could take off. So I'm surprised that there weren't some downfield blocks that, you know, show him blowing someone up like smaller safeties or slot cornerbacks. I think that he should have like probably four minutes of highlights of him just dogging these guys uh, blocking wise. And it just really isn't there and wasn't present through whole game film, really, that we did have a chance to take a little bit of a look at. So his two weakest categories or areas of improvement were blocking at a 3.6 and strength at a 5.6. And just as a reminder for our listeners, the rankings go one through three needs improvement and should be a priority for this player. And at best, the skill is okay. Four to six is average where the skill is bad on or on a bad day the skills below average but above average at very best and will suffice for the time being 
but can be a problem on the next level, which I tell you what, on the college level, you do want to get your strength and blocking up. That's the difference between, you know, two-star and three-star receivers is being able to block three-star and four-star, you know, little things like that, being able to be well-versed and capable of anything. Then above average to good is seven to eight. Eight to nine is good to great. And nine to 10 is elite. You won't be hearing too many of those today. But, uh, you know, Marquez Higgins, the things that he does do right, it it bodes well for him. And Mason, I, I want to let you kind of give your two cents in on his blocking because, you know, it, it wasn't really present. And then when he did try and step in the way, you did have some things to say on that as well as his strength. You know, I think his strength comes into play a lot in his blocking game. Um, one of my biggest, you know, I guess my biggest critique is he doesn't aim where he's blocking beforehand. He kind of tries to zone block when it's pretty obvious everyone else on that line isn't zone blocking. So it's like, uh, I think that's one of the things for me. And then he doesn't fight across the face as well as he probably should. And, you know, he gets his hands a little bit outside and by not fighting across the face, it opens up to show that, you know, you have your hands on somebody. So it could be taken as a hold, especially on the next level, kind of, you know, rough. It's kind of a rough, you know, start, but he definitely has potential because there is a couple plays in his film where he does do some pretty solid blocks and he makes some very solid, you know, connection. But I think that's one of my least favorite things to watch is, you know, when he gets his hands on somebody right away and then he lets them beat him over the face, he needs to beat them. Another thing I thought was kind of rough in his blocking was his combo blocking. Um, that just comes with keeping your head on a swivel. And I think sometimes, you know, he gets so into the first block that he, you know, can't get to the second block in time and ends up hitting it just there, you know, a step late. But... You know, if he can, you know, just work on that a little bit, I feel like on the next level, he's definitely a solid guy and he'll make some plays. Uh, that being said, Cody, where do you think he's going to go? Because it doesn't look like he's committed anyway. Yeah, so I was trying to take a look through some news here for Denver East. And the only news I can really find is Dylan Wigglesworth commitment, as well as uh, Alberto Zapita's commitment. He does have one retweet from, you know, the University of New England football. That was back in January. But it looks like he might have to walk on somewhere, potentially. It could be a weaker social media game, to be fair, which it, which is fine. But I do advise any players that do want to play on the next level do work on that social media game. But, uh, you know, I think that he's a developmental player. Once again, I think that he has to iron out some things, whether that is as a receiver or as a tight end. And I think Juco would be a good opportunity to do that because I honestly think that he has an FCS ceiling with just, you know, his speed and size and, you know, a lot of the raw things that he shows us, and including those ball skills. So, you know, these few things can add up to something great, but it definitely needs to be guided that direction. No, 100% agree with that. Um I think the, you know, FCS upside is kind of a good look on how he plays his game. You know, he kind of plays with that next level mentality and the receiving end of it all. I think that he going in and everything, I think that if he went to a JUCO and just let them help him get to that next level, I think he'd be a great fit for a lot of different squads. No, absolutely. And, um, that potential is still there, but we will just have to wait and see. Much like how the listeners will have to wait and see who's up next at a Cheyenne Mountain.
All right, and up next is the University of Nebraska Kearney commit Jesse Boley out of Cheyenne Mountain High School. Um, I'm going to hop into some of his stats for this year. You know, he had 24 catches for 330 yards with two receiving touchdowns. Um, some of his highlight games were against Air Academy for 110 yards. Then he had a game with two receptions for 53 yards against Mitchell. Uh, those look like the highest ones. You know, he had some, you know, lower games. He had one against Liberty, uh, with five receptions for 51 yards with a long of 23. Going into that, you know, looking at some top stuff for this guy, uh, I think my highest rated thing for him was definitely his blocking. And that's something I want to talk about, like, right away. You know, you know, me being the offensive and defensive line guy mainly, I really like watching someone that knows how to block. And this guy gets downhill, puts his hands on people, and puts them in the dirt. That's what he does. And he does it well. He does it on multiple levels. I saw him hit linebackers. I saw him hit corners. I saw him hit some linemen and put them on the dirt. You know, and that's what the other two guys on this list, they didn't block as much. And that's something I wanted to just highlight right away. Um, yeah, he is, he's a blocker. That's what he is. And he does it effectively. Then after that, you know, his footwork, which also comes into when he's blocking, is very good. I think that, you know, I gave it a 7. It looks like Cody gave it a, probably a 7.3. His, you know, blocking as, as it is, you know, he puts his hands on somebody. He's willing to drive them off the ball, which helps him, you know, not stop moving those hips. He also does a lot of, you know, in the pass game, he also likes to do a lot of routes, and that helps him, you know, keeping his feet moving, never stopping, which helps with his body control and not going down. He doesn't go down after first contact and doesn't let a lot of ankle tackles, you know, take him out of the play. Cody, is there anything you wanted to add? Yeah, no, for sure. I'd love to talk about, you know, the all-league, you know, fullback, H-back, tight end hybrid that was Jesse Bully. And, you know, his his performances on both sides of the ball helped lead this team to one of its better seasons in the past few years and to an I-25 league title over, you know, some other teams in the I-25 league who, you know, try to compete but uh, may have some, you know, other issues going on. I had to throw some shape there. But back to Jesse Bully, like Mason said, incredible blocker. He does a great job of getting his helmet on the correct side. He drives his legs really well. He maintains leverage, whether he's launching out of the tight end spot and doing a combo block. He also, you can also see him do the same thing out of the H-back slash fullback slot. He can do kickout blocks. He can do combo blocks and go second level. He can go straight to second level and just do all these things really well. I ranked his blocking at a 7.6. I, you know, and how could you not enjoy this guy's blocking? I mean, 30 pancakes, that is high hustle. And... Just that's incredible. offensive lineman level. Yeah, that's an offensive lineman level of blocking. Um, and he just he just does it so effectively that uh, there's not really anything to dislike there. Continuing on about some things that he does well, you know, I did give his kind of run after catch slash field vision a 6.2. Not only for his vision on finding blocks, which he is incredibly good at, very smart player as far as identifying who is the guy to block, but, you know, he also, a lot of his catches are on these kind of flood routes or these leak outs or these drags, and, you know, it's up to, he catches the ball at one yard and he gets all the way upfield for a first down. 
pretty consistently. So, you know, he does a great job of, you know, ensuring his team and coaches that he can be trusted with the ball in his hands. And part of that, not only in just, you know, his ball security, but part of that is also his footwork. He doesn't end up crossing his legs whenever he's in motion or working his way across the field, which is a pretty big deal and a very easy thing to do. And in addition to that, he doesn't end up crossing his legs when he, you know, does block and whatnot. So his footwork here received a grade of 7.3. The only qualms that I have with it is that his base can get a little bit narrow when blocking, and he doesn't show really complicated routes with his footwork. So that's why I can't really earn a higher score. And that's where a lot of his, you know, kind of, how do I want to say this? That's where a lot of his kind of inconsistencies and pitfalls come from is from just inconsistency. Like his route running slash release, I had to give it 3.6 because it's basically the same release all the time. And there's not a lot of routes or creativity to create crazy routes. Uh, same with his route tree and versatility. You know, I gave it a 4.6 partially because, you know, the versatility he does play that H back, fullback, tight end, you name it, wing back kind of hybrid. But his route tree is really, really simple uh, with, like I said, drags, you know, leak outs and out routes occasionally. So not a very extensive route tree. It's his versatility and ability to block in both the pass run game that helps him out quite a bit here in his overall rating. But, you know, con continuing on with some other areas of improvement. And I didn't get to see him make any contested catches or any jump balls. So that was his lowest rated category at a 1.6 simply because it did not exist, which I will attribute a lot to the scheme that they run over there at Cheyenne Mountain. It doesn't really call on him to do that. However, I can't just give an unwarranted, you know, like three or four when I didn't get to really see any of it. I did give him a 1.6 because I could tell that he can catch and I gave him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt with his hands. But, you know, just like the route running, there's just not a lot of volume to give Jesse Bully or not a lot of complexity, I should say, to give Jesse Bully incredibly high numbers on these with, you know, his hand slash ball skills at a 4.8. He runs like a five second 40 yard dash. So I gave his speed a 4.8. It's not, it's not great. So, you know, this is another one of those instances where volume matters, consistency matters. And, you know, for evaluating him as a tight end, we definitely have a little bit of a different idea of what he might be used for on the next level. Isn't that right, Mason? Yeah, no, I definitely, um, I, if you don't mind me saying it, go for it. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to use him as a fullback on the next level, which I don't think is a bad thing at all. I think him moving over to the fullback position, he could, with just his blocking alone, could be probably a high level, like high, high level fullback. Um, maybe even like a lower level D1 fullback, just, just, you know, his blocking is very solid. He gets downfield and he makes, like we said, he makes all level blocks. He has the good vision to make the block for his running back. So I think they might move him to fullback and I kind of, I kind of like that idea. What do you think, Cody? That's exactly what I would do with Jesse Bully here. You know, fullback, it's a complicated position in a weird spot in modern football. However, I don't think it's a bad thing to necessarily have. And Jesse Bully is somebody who, with his defensive experience and prowess, 
can automatically contribute on special teams on the next level and then also be a big-time role player for you who's just going to be ready whenever you need him to. He's very strong. He understands leverage as, you know, as shown in his blocking, but also in his, you know, wrestling. He was a, you know, pretty competitive wrestler here in the state of Colorado. And I think that Nebraska Kearney got a huge steal here by swiping Jesse Bully, which congratulations to Jesse, who looks like he's going to be able to go to school with his brother, which is pretty awesome, uh, seeing as how it sounds like his brother is on the wrestling team. And I'm not sure if Jesse's also trying to wrestle, but, you know, it sounds like a fantastic fit for Bully and Nebraska. Like, it allows them to run a more versatile offense on honestly, with a guy like Bully who can wear so many different hats. It allows them to have a consistent presence on special teams. He was a multiple-year captain, so you're getting a great leader here. And I just think that, you know, Nebraska and Jesse, there is very high upside for Jesse Bully, I would say, because Nebraska Kearney is, Kearney is a D2 school. So, you know, like Mason said, he potentially has that D1 upside at the fullback position. However, with how much of a dream fit this sounds like and, you know, being able to probably get education at a decent rate and go to school with your brother, that sounds like a match made in heaven here for Jesse Bully. No, I 100% agree. I think they might, um, you know, kind of sit him his first year, redshirt him his first year, just to get him up to speed on changing over positions. If that's what they do, they might not. We don't know for sure. But if they change in positions, they might have him sit for a year. But, you know, nevertheless, congratulations to this guy and keep doing what you're doing and get that work in in the offseason. Absolutely. And uh, coming up next, we'll be talking about, you know, Jesse Bowie was a multi-sport athlete with uh, some wrestling. We're going to be talking about a hooper and a football player up next. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. This is episode 137. We're recording on March 23rd, 2022, talking best of the rest, senior tight ends. And here we have another intriguing prospect. The tight end position is such a hard one to evaluate these days because there's if you're a tight end these days, you don't just get to line up with your hand in the dirt anymore. And that was ex- especially true for Tristan Caudill out of Broomfield. Tristan, if I'm saying your name wrong, just let me know. But uh, we're going to go by Tristan. He was an honorable mention. And I'm really glad to finally come back around to his film. And, you know, he's a stud, honestly. And, you know, one of the better higher rated guys on this episode here and it starts with just his strength he is an ox honestly and he gets a great push whether he's lighting up at wide receiver blocking cornerbacks which is a huge mismatch for those poor cornerbacks that just get locked up and dragged into the ground but you know also when he's asked to line up at h back and go in motion and lead block on some power plays that is special for any player to be able to do, much less a tight end who also kicks out wide and plays split out wide receivers. So huge points there for, you know, at least his versatility that went a long way, but his strength, I have it rated at a 6.9. 
and he has a couple of categories that flow over in this general direction. I gave his footwork a 7.1 here, and a huge reason for that is, you know, he's not necessarily the cleanest route runner, and it's not super precise, but when you can pass block, that goes a long way. Tristan here, he showed one of the best pass blocking clips by any tight end in the history of Playmaker's Corner, I'm going to say, because he just did such a good job of shuffling, not crossing his feet, moving side to side, picking up the blocks, and not ending up over himself or his feet ending out, you know, from out above, below him. So, you know, that went a really long way for Tristan, as well as his overall blocking. I gave it a seven. It's very solid. You know, he does a lot of things well. It's not, it's not always consistent. He always, he doesn't always land that perfect block, but it is someone who I can trust to make blocks at the next level. Absolutely. He's way more polished at blocking than a lot of these guys. He's one of the higher ranked blocking guys, especially for being split out wide. Like if we include him in the batch of wide receivers, he would be like the second best blocker in, in all of wide receivers. But then you combine him with the tight ends and he's still top five blocker including wideouts, that's pretty sick. And, you know, he's able to just contribute to this Broomfield squad in so many ways. Mason, you gave him even a little bit higher of a grade in blocking. You want to talk about some things that you saw as well as some other, you know, strengths? Yeah, no, definitely. I'm going to say, you know, I gave him a 7.2 in blocking. Um, that exact play you were talking about where he, you know, he picked up the beautiful pass block. Um, not only that, but he beat his first guy and then came across the face just to help out his quarterback just for that one little second longer by hitting another guy. Um, that was one of the reasons why I went to a 7.2. I was at a 7 for a while, and then I watched that play again, and I just, you know, I knew he needed to go up. But I did actually, one thing I lowered a little bit was his footwork for me because in the run game, run blocking wise he falls steps a little bit but that's kind of being nitpicky um going there but i did like his strength you saw it in how many times like you said he drug down cornerbacks whenever he went out there you know he's not afraid to hit an offensive lineman with or defensive lineman sorry but you know those aren't little guys on the defensive line most of them are pretty big so that being said going into a few areas of improvement for this guy i felt like you know, his route running was something that needed a little bit of improvement. Um, he, he's good, but he's not crisp. And I think the crispness it gets lost by the, the way he drifts. Like, on drag routes, he kind of makes them a little wider than they need to be. You know, on slants, he's not going fully diagonal. He kind of makes it more of a seam route. You know, that being said, uh, you know, his yards after catch kind of is another thing I think that he needs to work on that can kind of be by the fact that sometimes the ball is a little bit too high a little bit too low but when it is on point he definitely gets knocked down not easily but he doesn't make the you know wow factor plays in a way to get outside and you know make the run down the field like some of the other guys who who you know are a little bit faster, and that's the next thing I was going to talk about is his speed. I think his speed is something that he needs to work on a little bit. Um, you know, I gave him a 5.8. You gave him a little bit lower score with a 5. Uh, his speed is something that I think if he gets it up in a, up to where he, you know, maybe gets into that 6.5 to 7 range, he might make, you know, those yards after catch a little bit easier 
because he'll be able to outrun some of these other guys on the field. Uh, Cody, is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, so before I dive too far into areas of improvement, which obviously I do wish that his speed was a little bit better, it's not poor, but it's not world-shattering, so that is kind of what it is. But some other things that floated around fives for me were his route running slash release at a 5.8, and part of that is, you know, the route tree wasn't very big. I said his versatility was really good, but his route tree dragged down his route tree slash versatility category to a 5.8. He runs hitch, out, weak, and he has one really sweet post play where he kind of goes like up, in, up, and then post, which is a really good route, and that pulled both of these categories up, but I just couldn't quite give him sixes because of the inconsistency that we saw and you know the consistency wasn't in anything spectacular I would say I also think that he catches with his body a lot he catches with his body a lot a lot a lot it's a bit of a problem especially on those comeback routes you just see it go into his gut he's not reaching for the ball and he's not coming back towards the ball on his comebacks to make plays and kind of have that momentum going forward he does make you know some pretty tough grabs and he does adjust his body well but he's got to stop catching with his gut. Um, that's just a one-way path to tipping the ball up in the air for an interception. That being said, there are some things that he does do well in the pass game. That strength that I was talking about a little bit earlier, you know, at that 6.9, part of that also stems from the fact that he's really hard to bring down. Once he catches the ball, it usually takes two defenders to kind of drag him down. And that's another reason why, you know, his run after catch was rated as high as it was despite you know, not getting too many opportunities to do it, but he is able to turn up field and, you know, shed some tackles. He had this one really good one uh, against Longmont where he catches this out route. The quarterback, the quarterback looks like he has him. He's right by the sideline. Somehow Tristan manages to stay up, push him down and gain another like 10 yards up field before eventually being dragged down and pushed out of bounds. So, you know, that's a really impressive play that speaks to me on that level. And then, you know, in the past game, I gave his verticality slash contested catch a 6.8. His very first play on his film, he does a great job of adjusting to the ball, which, you know, helps his ball skills out a little bit. But, you know, it was the defender was on him. It might have even been defensive pass interference, and he still makes this catch. There's a lot of times where the cornerback is breathing down his neck, where the linebackers are right next to him, where the safety is ready to lay a huge hit. But he does a great job of holding on to the ball through that contact and, you know, protecting that ball. Now, you can still do that by catching it with your hands and then bringing it into your body. But, you know, that is that's a little bit on the nitpicky side. And lastly, you know, uh, his last above six category here was his balance slash body control. Once again, not being brought down necessarily by that first guy. And Mason, I think that your sentiment was pretty similar on that category. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, he doesn't get brought down by the first guy, and that's something that I really like. You know, I give him a seven on the body control, and, you know, not getting brought down by one guy is something that I think is uber important. But I do want to shout out one thing here. This man's, you know, we say student athlete and student is first. He has a 4.23 GPA. I just wanted to shout that out. You know, getting yeah, it done in no, the classroom absolutely. and on the field. 4.23, that is one of the highest GPAs we've probably ever had on the show just incredible brains here and just 
Wow. Exactly. Student athlete. I couldn't have said it better myself. That was, that was easily the most impressive part about looking through his profile and looking through everything that he got is that 4.23 GPA. I mean, that's just absurd. That's just, that's miles ahead of where I was at. So there's that. Um, but, uh, anyways, getting towards the outlook here for Tristan, he does have a handful of offers, mainly from D3 universities. And, but he has a lot of them, you know, he has an offer to Madonna University. He has an offer to Willamette University. He has an offer to Lawrence University. He has an offer to Concordia University. So he has a lot of this interest on the D3 level. I'm not sure. Well, a lot of it looks like it's for football, but like I said, he also plays basketball. So he might have a couple of different options. And honestly, Tristan, if you want to play on the next level and you think that you can go higher than where you're at, because I mean, look, I got you rated at a 61.6. Mason got you rated out at a 59. That puts you at about a 60, which I believe it's only scratching the surface. Your speed and coordination and hands do have to come uh, quite a bit to be able to proceed to the next level, at least, you know, at that D2 level. But I think that a year at JUCO could provide these opportunities and provide you with, you know, former NFL coaching experience and competition against the entire nation that's going to drag you up and, you know, just give you a chance to maybe get a bigger scholarship or one to a higher university. Because I, I think that he can be an FCS level guy and, you know, just with a little bit more time and maybe some better athletic facilities. Mason, what do you think of all these offers to these D3s, some of which are very solid D3s, by the way, but what do you think of all these offers and, you know, his kind of impending choice between all of these or potentially walking on at a JUCO? JUCO is probably cheaper too, by the way, potentially, depending on your athletic or your academic scholarship. I guess with the ac academic scholarship, you can go anywhere. But anyways, go ahead, Mason. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think I like the Juco option for this guy personally. I think that he's a very solid, you know, he'd play amazingly, you know, on that D3 level and he, any of these D3 schools would be lucky to have him. Don't get me wrong. And if that's what he wants to do with his, you know, career, go to a, go to the D3 and, you know, play it out. I think he could probably start maybe second year, maybe not. He might be able to walk on and start, but he, I'm thinking probably second year start or he goes, to a JUCO, which, like you said, is potentially, you know, you know, cheaper and then get that same level of, you know, persistent coaching. And I think he could easily, easily go to a D1. I think this guy has like a huge ceiling. And I say, I say bet on yourself. If, if it was up to me, I'd tell you to bet on yourself, but you know, it's, it's all in all, it's up to him. And I think he, you know, whatever he makes the decision, you know, we're here for it and we're willing to, you know, Watch when, uh, whenever you make a play. Absolutely. And shout out to the, uh, Caudills for showing us support. Tristan is absolutely PMC fam. So if there's anything or any way we can help you out, uh, especially with someone who's as driven and focused as you, once again, that 4.23 GPA also says a lot about character. But, uh, 
you know, that does it for this Broomfield Eagle here. And coming up next, we're going to be talking about a cougar. Hey, 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 welcome back to Playmakers Corner Podcast. In case you fell asleep, we are back here on Best of the Rest, Class of 22, Tight Ends. And this guy really, really was close to making the list the first time we ran through it behind excellent route running and solid speed. That is Gage Gordon, the six foot two, 200 pound receiver out of Cherokee Trail High School who is a University of Jamestown commit. And I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into it. Gage Gordon, definitely more of a wide receiver than a tight end. But, you know, he does line up inside, which provides great opportunities over the middle. His speed, I have listed at a 7.9, borderline three-star speed. He does a great job of getting past the linebackers and in between the safeties and making heads-up catches in stride and just zooming down the field, you know. And part of the reason for that is his release is just really smooth from the tight end spot. I gave his route running slash release an 8.7. In addition to his release and route running being borderline four-star and elite, part of that comes from the spot routes and stick routes that he runs so well. He just shows such a great awareness for the field, for the down marker, and for his progress you know, while running these routes. On top of that, he runs seams, he runs posts. He's He has a really beautiful, uh, you know, kind of post corner out route kind of thing going on where he gets the guy to bite inside and then just, swi- just swipes right underneath him to, you know, create like three yards of separation in the back corner of the end zone for a very easy touchdown pass from Logan Brook. And when you're able to create separation like that, He does that routinely on anywhere in the field, and that's what lands you at an 8.7 route running. In addition to incredible speed and route running, he does provide some solid service in kind of this middle pack here of things. You know, his run after catch is very solid. He has a couple of really good catch and runs. He has this one over the middle where he takes it for like 40 yards. He has another one where he takes off down the right sideline. And, you know, his field vision as well, just being very cognizant of that sideline and you know thinking about it even more this is a case where i'm going to bump up the grade while thinking about some plays and just how well they flashed out as well as the consistency of which he delivered some of these things so his run after catch slash field vision i am going to bump up to a 6.5 which is just slightly ahead of his strength he's a little bit hard to bring down and he can stay on his feet pretty well And part of that is also, you know, like I said, he's a great route runner at an 8.7. So his footwork had to be rated at at least solid. And it definitely is. You know, I gave it a 6.3. He makes very seamless transitions on his cuts, you know, in his routes, especially the corner routes and the out routes. They are just so smooth. You don't, you see like a little bit of turf kicked up and he's already into the second part of his route. It's not even really a break. It's a transition. And that is sign of excellent footwork and just clear understanding of the routes that he's running. And lastly, you know, uh, still above that sixth line is his hands slash ball skills. He does have a couple of jump balls and 
There's also this one play where his quarterback gets bailed out like crazy. Mason, I have a feeling that you're going to talk about this too, but it's like a Hail Mary to end the half, I'm assuming. And the quarterback throws it right to the defender who just pops it up, and it just lands in Gage Gordon's hands. And while I would have liked to see him maybe jump up and, you know, moss somebody, that's really heads up, just catching a ball that's all of a sudden in your stomach. And, you know, even scoring a touchdown. So very heads-up play by Gage Gordon, muscling his way into there with that 6.4 strength and, you know, making a sweet heads-up catch and adjusting to the ball with that 6.1 hand-slash-ball skills. Mason, why don't you talk about, you know, you have a handful of categories as well that fall above that 6-point line. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, for me, you know, his route tree was something that was sick. And I really liked watching it. But yeah, I was actually going to bring up that play if you didn't. Um, the one where he bailed out his quarterback and a heads up play just to, you know, get his hands on the ball. Well, I guess it hit him in the chest, but, you know, he still, he got his hands on it and caught that ball just so that way he could get into the end zone and score. And yeah, I don't know what his quarterback was doing right there, but, you know, he bailed him out and that's okay. But I really like this guy's speed and his route running, like you said. Route running 8.6 for me and a 7.5 on his speed. You know, he is fast and at a tight end position, you know, in the modern day game, that's something that you really, you know, you got to see. And man, he, he, I can't say anything other than he is fast and, you know, his route running is crisp and it definitely gets him into the position to make the plays where his quarterback delivers. That's, that's all I can say. But, Going into a couple, you know, places that I think, you know, he needs to work on just a little bit is his footwork in the blocking game is something that I noticed is, you know, like I said, for a couple of the other guys, you know, he falls steps and that's something that comes with, you know, blocking technique and getting with those offensive linemen coaches just to, you know, iron out the little things. And that's something that, you know, I see a lot of high schools not doing is putting their tight ends over with their O line to get the blocking that they need, which on the next level, he'll get, he'll get that, you know technique that he needs but you know one of my things is blocking that's my main yeah I guess that's my lowest category for this guy is his blocking and that's mainly for me because there's not a lot of it in this film and when it is there he's not in the right position but he's still making a block so it's not like he's not getting hands on anybody I put him at a 4.2 it looks like you put him at a 4.9 which means you know we trust he'll get out there and he'll be, you know, a body in the way, but I can't trust that this guy's going to get his hands on them every time. And that's something that I want out of a tight end. You know, the tight end position is something that I think you need to get your hands on someone every single play that is a run play. And even if you're chipping, I think you should make a good chip. We didn't see that a lot here. Uh, his versatility and his consistent catch, I didn't see him do a lot of, you know, different not routes, because he definitely did a lot of routes. I don't... I, he didn't line up in a lot of spots. And he didn't change his, you know, positioning. And how he took off was always the same. If he could just work on, you know, his takeoff and where he's lining up a little bit, I feel like he's going to get to, you know, that next level and that next tier. Because, you know, in the overall scores, you rated him at a 63.9, and I gave him a 61.2, which, you know... I don't know the exact average to that, Cody, but, you know, it's somewhere in the 62 range, which is definitely, you know, a player that can play at the next level. That's that's all I'm going to say. Uh, Cody, what do you think about, you know, where he's committed? 
Yeah, so University of Jamestown is NAIA. I think that's a solid fit for Gage Gordon. I think that he has the athletic upside of a Division One football player. But, you know, it looks like his season may have potentially been cut short. Uh, at least on Max Preps, it only has games listed out to the Arapaho game. I'm not sure if it extended beyond that or how much it did extend beyond that. Uh, if ands or buts. But, you know, the, the durability and, you know, having to split targets with our number four wide receiver in Jack Pierce probably didn't help all that much. But, you know, Gage Gordon, I think he still showed us a lot. He has that next level 6'2", 200-pound frame. He's a pretty solid body and one who moves very well for his size. And I think he's going to be a staple of this University of Jamestown offense. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he somehow found a way onto the field as a true freshman at the University of Jamestown. I think they got a huge steal here in Gage Gordon. Now, if they do redshirt him, that's no big deal, obviously. But he could be a three-year contributor and probably at least a one, uh, well, obviously, at least one year starter. But, uh, you know, even upwards of a three-year starter, honestly, um, if he doesn't find snaps this very first year. Oh, no, I definitely agree. I think um, I think he's going to be, you know, probably a two, maybe even three-year starter. I see more of a two with a th- the third year, like his sophomore season being kind of a, you know, a progression area where they throw him in when they need him. Um, but I could see him getting snaps as a freshman as well. It's Like you said, it is a steal. You know, I think that he is going to do great things over there. And, you know, congrats. And I just want to take a second to tell, you know, anybody on this list, you know, if you guys want to come on to the show and tell us about your recruiting process, anything you guys want to, you know, break down your film with us or anything like that, y'all are invited. You know, this is just an invite. Just wanted to make sure that we got that out there for everybody. But yeah, when we come back, we will talk about our uh, last guy for the night. Alrighty, and welcome back. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about this last guy, Braden Kramer at a Pine Creek High School over there in Colorado Springs. Let's go ahead and talk about how this guy had three total touchdowns, 19 receptions for 398 yards. And, you know, I'm just going to go straight into my favorite thing on this guy, his blocking. He is... The one thing that wasn't measured yeah. <laughs> in statistics, but we saw the impact both in person and in the film. Yeah, you know, his statistics don't show it, but man, his blocking is scary. Um, in person, this is actually someone that I had written down at that Pine Creek game we went to on my tablet. I looked it up um, on there just to check because this is actually a guy that had three pancakes in the first half of that Pine Creek game before we ended up going, you know, leaving but um, he is a monster blocker. That's what he is. You know, I gave him an 8. Cody gave him an 8.1. That's not to be slept on. This guy is, that's what he does. He blocks, and he blocks effectively, and he uses his speed, which I gave him a 7.2. Cody gave him a little bit higher than that. But, you know, he is fast, and he blocks effectively. He will he will hit somebody, put him in the dirt. Like, I can't stress that enough. He does it on combo blocking. He does it in pass pro. He does it in... You know, we saw minimal pass pro on his, you know, on his film, but I saw it in person. Um, he does it in, you know, all levels and at all forms. He'll get to the second level, straight to the second level, he'll combo to the second level. He'll, he'll hit alignment if a, you know, 
for, he'll pick up blitzes. He's, he's a blocking guy. And that's something that I think, you know, is not to be slept on. And the same with, you know, his hands and his ball skills, man. He gets, he gets the ball in his hands and he doesn't drop it. He, you know, he puts his body in position to make good plays. He is, he is a solid pass catcher and he gets yards after the catch. You know, his, his yards after the catch is, comes from his field vision of being able to put himself in position, uh, to kind of make that play and get up there and just get going. You know, because he's such a good blocker, I think is one of the reasons why he is so strong and it shows that he's so strong. He puts people in the dirt, like I said, and that is why I gave him an eight on strength. Um, I don't want to take all the good things for this guy because there's a lot of them. So Cody, uh, you want to go ahead? Yeah. And I just want to put out there that, you know, that doing this rubric process has been very eye opening. We had a case of this with the top five safeties list, you know, that or the best of the rest that Simon just did, where two guys could have ended up in the top five, you know, maybe with a little bit more accurate max preps and accessible huddle, which also helps us out. There is only three of us covering, you know, over 500 teams and in turn over 5,000 athletes basically across the entire state of Colorado. But, you know, going through these lists, having these rubrics, it's going to be a lot more refined heading forward. And this is one of those instances where, you know, Braden Kramer is a guy who would have pushed his way into the top five tight end spot with, you know, an overall score of 70.6 for me, making him easily a two-star recruit. And like Mason said, it is highlighted by his blocking at an 8.1. You know, I, I do have his strength rated at an 8.7, but... Let me just uh, let me just give some clarity here. So if you listen to episode 120, that is the best of the rest, class of 22 Colorado quarterbacks, you have JoJo Roy who is on there. And JoJo Roy was a big-time runner here in the state of Colorado. And, you know, Braden Kramer had to be a part of that. JoJo Roy was somebody who ran a lot of read options, a lot of QB powers. And on those plays, Braden Kramer had an H-back position, was asked to lead block for his quarterback, who I'm pretty sure had over a thousand yards on the season. So you have to take that into, you know, into, into mind when talking about great blockers is what is the production of people who they are blocking for? Which, you know, you could, you can bring up for, for the Stearns of the world and, and the, the Caudills, but, Kramer's just an excellent example of that. Zion Hill having a career year and, you know, I think being a low-key D1 talent. JoJo Roy being a low-key D1 talent potentially, you know, he did commit D2. But Braden Kramer was a cog in that offense and the gear that helped it go and was a part of that gas pedal with just overwhelming intensity and strength. Let me just read out some of his lifting numbers that are listed here on his huddle. He has a squat of 435. He has a bench of 295. A deadlift of 495. A power clean of 265. 20 reps of 185 pounds on bench press. And I imagine that he could get up 225 pretty easily as well. So very, very strong, very powerful. Built like an ox at 6'4", 240 pounds. I mean, good gravy. I don't want to get in the way of that guy. And, uh, you know, that was shown as well, you know, his strength, not only in the block game, but also in the ability to shrug off some of these smaller tacklers was just impeccable. But, you know, he's a lot more than just a big body. He's also pretty athletic. You know, his verticality slash contested catch, I did give a 7.9. He does get up. He does show some springs on some of these catches and elevates. 
So, you know, that was a huge part of his game. That was the highest one on this episode. So, you know, keep that in mind, at least for my grades. And then continuing, you know, he was also very, very, he's also pretty fast, especially at 6'4", 240 pounds. You know, size does impact speed and the way that it's kind of looked at. And his speed is overwhelmingly impressive for his size. He runs a 4.8140 yard dash. And I believe that entirely. He does a great job of getting past linebackers and, you know, being on the third level before anyone can blink, creating very easy completions for JoJo back there in the pocket. Lastly, you know, above this seven is his run after catch slash field vision. Not only does he execute the field vision very well when called upon to block, but a lot of his touchdown catches are catch and runs where he just outlasts the defense all the way into the end zone. So these are all things that he does really well. I would also like to say that his balance slash body control, I had rated out of 6.8. This is a lot from his tackle shedding ability. He does get tripped up with some shoelace tackles, which is a little tough, but, you know, still at the end of the day, it's it's good. It's good. And he executes his blocks very well, which is a huge part of his balance slash body control. And then, you know, Mason and I had the exact same score with a 6.7 in footwork, partially because, you know, his feet can get a little tight on routes slash, like I said, he can get tripped up at shoelace tackles in the pass game. But otherwise, you know, I think that he takes off fairly well. But uh, Mason, I think his footwork was mostly impressive in the blocking game, wasn't it? Oh, no, most definitely. His footwork was crisp and almost unbeatable in the blocking game. You know, uh, just to put it into perspective, you know, I did, you know, the top five linemen. And, you know, our top guy, Jake Michaela, um, over there on my list, you know, I have it written down. I actually pulled it up. He has a 7.2, and I gave this guy a 6.7 on footwork. If that says anything, you know, Jake Michaela is... The best blocker in the state, hands down. I'm willing to say that and put my, you know, put my brand on it. So, you know, this guy is definitely getting up there with him. And, you know, that's not a, that's not an easy thing to do. No, it is not. That is a very high bar. I remember when you were ranking through those linemen, the high praise. So to have footwork, you know, not necessarily on the same plane, but, you know, in the same conversation, I will say, is is a pretty big deal, or at least one step below. That is not bad from a tight end. But there are some things that I will say are partially a product of this Pine Creek scheme here that, uh, you know, we do get in a little bit of trouble for critiquing at times, and it's a lot better than the wing tee, so I will give it that. However, very, very simplistic things Amen. asked out of Braden Kramer here in this offense. You know, his route running slash release... I had to give it a 4.4 because he's just not really asked to do anything crazy. I mean, he has a couple of stick routes, but it looks very scripted, and he has go routes and seam routes. There's just not, it's just not a lot to look at. Same with his route tree slash versatility. His versatility does get a little bit of a bump from being an H-back slash fullback tight end, but the route tree is just very small, very similar to the Jesse Bully score I gave. Um, You know, Jesse Bully with a 4.6 Brandon Kramer here with a 4.2 because I mean so many of them are just straight up go routes which is cool and all but it's just not very versatile and then you know the consistency of this is not super high he only recorded 19 receptions on the year granted this 20.9 yards per average on the catch for 398 yards it's awesome but only finding the end zone three times at 6'4 240 yeah that is on the scheme for sure but uh you know 
also when opportunity presents itself, uh, tear it open just a little bit more here. Um, Mason, I'm sure that you, uh, you share some similar opinions of those categories. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, think all of those categories are basically the same. Um, I think his route running and stuff is something that he needs to work on, you know, to stay at that, you know, top level tight end position. He's going to have to be able to be a little more crisp. You know, we're not asking for Travis Kelsey level route running. We're asking, you know, just to make it to where, you know, your routes are crisp. And when someone sees a route, they're not like, oh, was that a slant or a drag? Um, but he's definitely, you know, like, like you said, he could have made the top five list. And this guy's route tree, you know, and his versatility, that's kind of on the scheme over there at Pine Creek. You know, they don't use him as much as they possibly could. But but then again, you know, they do in the run game. You know, JoJo Roy over there running the ball a lot. And this guy is someone that I think, you know, their quarterback over there or running backs, anybody is very happy to run behind. I would be happy to run behind this guy. You know, what would you say? He was 240 pounds? That is what's listed on his Twitter. And yeah. that is what is heading off to uh, Flagstaff, Arizona for NAU. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I can't, I can't, you know, 240 pounds. And as fast as this guy is, I wouldn't want to get in front of it. That's that's all I'm going to say, you know. But, yeah, no, um, I think, you know, on the NAU level, I think he could go higher than that. What do you think, Cody? You think he can go higher? Well, you know, NAU, they do compete in FCS Division One, but uh, I definitely think that some teams in the state overlook this guy. You know, CSU, they just lost out on Jade Arroyo in a surprising fashion. And, you know, uh, I know that Brendan Kramer is committed and he seems happy with Flagstaff. And it's not that far from Colorado Springs. I mean, it's, it's not like a hop and a skip for sure, but it's also really not that far, you know, since he's already down south there. So, you know, that that might be a good fit and whatnot. But, uh, you know, th- there's definitely opportunity in the Mountain West to to scoop this guy up. But all that being said, if I'm the Northern Arizona coach, I am ecstatic to be getting this guy in. And there's potential for him to start as a true freshman. I mean, we saw Terrence Ferguson get snaps as a true freshman, you know, being one of the uh, top tight ends. But, you know, he's he's built a lot different. I think that Brendan Kramer, there's more of an excuse to put him in when you're 6'4", 240, and you can block. No, definitely. I think if not as a true freshman, second year for sure he gets snaps. But I think as a true freshman, man, you put him in and you just let him go to town blocking some people. And, you know, one of your guys gets tired. He's a fill player for right now. And I think, you know, two-year starter for sure. And I think over there at NAU, they are uh, – ecstatic that they you know snagged this guy even though he could potentially you know could have went somewhere else and you know congratulations to this guy and keep it up you know keep up the good work yeah and you know just to add on to this a little bit here and uh put some respect on his name too this is a 4.10 gpa guy so another student athlete big time somebody who got it done in the classroom so shout out there once again to you know the really big brains on this episode um that you know really make us proud and you know show show that you can be way more than a football player and guys that got to take this way look being a better student helps your recruitment 
so much. And, you know, I, I think that maybe Tristan struggles to get some of these offers if his GPA isn't what it is. And Brandon Kramer maybe doesn't get, you know, as many looks with the scheme that he runs if his GPA wasn't that high. I hope that that translates very well over to Football IQ. The only concern I have for plugging him in his first year is the switch of scheme. The scheme at Pine Creek, like we've emphasized quite a bit in just this segment alone and overall in our history here with the podcast, very simplistic. And the concepts are going to be more difficult on, you know, for, for the Lumberjacks out there in Flagstaff. But, uh, you know, I, I have faith with, with the GPA and with his ability to be studious that he can find a way onto the field. Mason. Yeah, yeah no, I, uh, I 100% agree with that. And yeah, like you said, student athlete, I think the team full gorilla coaches said it most, uh, best. You were there for that. They said, you know, you want to get recruited, get your, get your grades above a 3.6. He's at a 4.1. That's even better. And, you know, all that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, yeah. Mason, do you want to tell the folks listening what ways they can find us? via social media and what podcast platforms yeah no definitely uh you know obviously if you're listening to this you're probably listening to it on the platform already but you know spotify apple podcast anchor any other spots you can find a podcast then you can find us on our social medias you know uh facebook instagram twitter you know facebook and instagram being at, at playmakers corner and then Twitter being at Playmaker Corner. You can also find us, you know, doing live streams and stuff like that, which you'll get those updates if we're going to do those on Twitch. And that is also at Playmakers Corner. Uh, you'll get those updates on our Twitter and our Instagram. I believe they go over to Facebook as well, but, you know, I'm not too sure about that. You know, we'll, we update all of those and keep in touch for all of our episodes coming up. And uh, I've been one of your co-hosts today, Mason Austin. And I have been your other co-host on Best of the Rest slash potential top five tight ends for the class of 22. And before I say bye, make sure to check out our women's flag football stuff on Fridays. Happy Happy Women's History Month. Cody signing off, making Mason look bad.